0: Welcome to Jumpstart, where I give you quick and honest advice to help you jumpstart your career. All right. Hi, everyone. So right now I'm actually looking for a new job, and that means I've been doing tons of interviews, especially this week and last week. So I figured there's really no better time than to do an episode about how to prepare for an interview. This is pretty much exactly my process for preparing for interviews, and it's how I've always recommended that candidates and students prepare as well. But before I jump in, I will say that different companies and industries sometimes have different interview styles. So whenever you're going in for an interview, whoever's booking that interview with you, probably a recruitment coordinator, but maybe it's someone else, just ask them what you can expect for the interview best case scenario, they'll give you some information about what you can expect or who's going to be interviewing you and worst case scenario, they don't have any information and you're kind of just on your own, which is fine too. But with that being said, let me jump into how to prepare for an interview. Okay. So the first thing that I like to do is learn about the company. I think it kind of stems from this irrational fear I have that they're going to ask some super specific questions about the company, uh, which they usually don't, but it is very valuable to go into the interview having a good understanding of what the company does and knowing like their mission statement, vision, or any values that they have listed on the company website. That way it helps you articulate how you're a good fit and all that good stuff. The other thing I like to do is learn about the people who are interviewing me. Now you don't always know who's going to be interviewing you. And this typically doesn't change the way that I would respond to any of the questions, but it just gives me some peace of mind and makes me feel extra prepared if I've learned a little bit about the people who I'm meeting with. So I always just hop on LinkedIn, find the person and kind of scroll through their page. Maybe I'll add them and say, hi, you know, really excited to be interviewing you with you next week or whatever. Um, Kind of helps build that connection ahead of time. But if you don't feel comfortable adding them just yet, then you can just scroll through their profile and learn about their work history and kind of what they've done from there, I like to make sure I have a really good understanding of the job. So a little tip, whenever you apply to a job, always, always, always save the job description, because what often happens is by the time you get to the interview stage, The job description has closed because if they're interviewing people, that means they're probably not taking applicants anymore. And the problem is if you haven't saved that job description, it's gone. The job posting is closed and you don't have your cheat sheet anymore. So always save that job description. I just have a file on my computer where they're full of all the jobs I've applied to. That way I can reread it while I'm preparing for the job to make sure that I have a strong understanding of what they're looking for so I know Kind of how I fit into, you know, what they're looking for. Do I have the right experience? Are there areas where I'm under experienced or over experienced? And then I also like to have a good understanding of the duties or responsibilities as well. Um, Again, it just helps me prepare and helps me give more specific answers when I'm in that interview. All right. So once you've done that, you can start preparing for the questions that they're going to ask. Now, when you're preparing for questions, I will say you're kind of trying to strike a delicate balance. Because yes, of course, you want to be prepared and giving really good answers and really relevant answers. But you'd be surprised by how often hiring managers have come back to me and said, the candidate was actually overprepared. And if you're overprepared and you're coming across as stiff or maybe scripted or like you've rehearsed those answers, it can make it really hard For the interviewer to feel like they're building a connection with you and they're getting to know you and your genuine self. Plus, most interviews are online these days. And when you're doing a virtual interview, you already are facing a barrier because you're talking to someone through a screen. So it's already more difficult for someone to feel like they're getting to know you. So when preparing for interview questions, a way around this is instead of thinking about the questions I know they're going to ask and deciding on, exactly what I want to say instead I like to think about the key points that are really important for me to hit in my answer that way when I'm actually answering the question I remember those key points that I decided I wanted to talk about but the way that I structure my sentence and the way that I respond comes out naturally so it's a great answer but it's also natural and conversational and they can get to know me a little bit and I can show my personality a little bit so with that being said, the three questions that I think are most important to prepare for and to know what you want to talk about are tell me about yourself. Why do you want this job? And why are you interested in this company? Now, for the first one, tell me about yourself. I think this is really important because it's typically the first question they're going to ask you like right out of the gate, and, This is your opportunity to shine. This is really, you know, the first time that they're hearing you speak in some situations, and it's really an opportunity to showcase that you're really confident that you're a professional and that you have great speaking skills. Plus when I know that I've done really well in that first question, it kind of just helps me relax a little bit and shake off some of those nerves for the rest of the interview. When you're answering, tell me about yourself. A common mistake that candidates make is they talk for too long or they don't talk for long enough, but the former is definitely the most common. So what I recommend is when you're telling them about yourself, you want to keep it to maybe a minute, maybe two minutes at the most. Don't talk too much about your resume or what's on your LinkedIn because they have already looked at your LinkedIn. They have already looked at your resume. What I like to do is give a very, very brief synopsis of my experience or my most relevant experience and then talk about who I am as a professional or what my goals are, something like that. This is something that you really want to make your own. And I don't think there's really a wrong way to introduce yourself as long as you're making sure that, like I said, you're coming across as confident and showcasing your amazing speaking skills. However, When I introduce myself, it usually sounds something like this. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a young professional who recently graduated with a Bachelor of Business in human resources and finance. Previous to graduating, I worked at TD bank where I was promoted once, and I worked with a lot of people. Then I worked as a campus recruiter where I did a lot of event planning and full cycle recruitment. I would describe myself as someone who is ambitious results oriented, and I love to think outside the box. With an answer like this, it's quick, it's short, I sound confident. I'm giving them a quick recap of my experience. So they remember who I am because they've probably looked at a lot of interviews and a lot of resumes, but then I'm giving them a little bit more. You know, I talk about the fact that I'm ambitious, that I'm results oriented and that I like to think outside the box. It's something that's a little bit different and it helps them remember you. From there, like I said, they're probably going to ask you, why do you want this job and why are you interested in this company? Sometimes these questions are combined into one question. Sometimes they do one and not the other, but I do think they're very, very important, especially why do you want this job? Because again, there's no wrong answer to this question. What they're looking to see is that you have thought about it, that you've done your research and that this is a job that you really want. I talked about this in my last episode, but hiring managers like to see people who are deliberate, they know what they want, and they are going for it. So this is your opportunity to showcase that you've done your research, you know why you want this job, and this fits into your career goals. From there, why are you interested in this company? Again, I don't think there's a wrong way to answer this question, but I do recommend, like I said, understanding what the company does and the company's mission and values. Using that, you can talk about how that relates to you and why it's important to you. From there, they're probably gonna go into some behavioral questions. These are questions like, tell me about a time when you had to be a great leader, or tell me about a time that you had a tight deadline and what did you do to meet it? These types of questions are really the meat of the interview, and there's a few things that you can do to prepare, plus I have some advice for how to actually answer them. Now, one thing that I learned actually from an influencer about how to prepare for these types of questions is to make a list of all of the questions that you think they might ask you, and then just write out what you would answer them or practice answering them. So obviously this is a lot easier if you've reread the job description, then you could even just look at each responsibility or each duty that's listed and come up with a corresponding question that they might ask. However, I will say I do have a caveat to this type of preparation because I do think there's pros and cons to this approach. The pros to this approach is it can make you feel really prepared. However, the cons are going back to sounding scripted. If you're prepared and you've come up with like all of these different questions that they might ask you, you might sound kind of scripted. And I actually tried this in a recent interview. I made a big long list of all the questions I thought they might ask based on what I knew about the company, what the recruiter had told me about the interview process and based on the job description. I made a list of, I think it was like 25 or 30 questions, and I wrote out all of my answers. Now, when I went into that interview, I was feeling so good, so confident. I was like, I got this. However, when I'm nervous, I start to talk fast. And if I'm nervous and I already know what I want to say, I'm going to talk even faster. So I had to really be conscious to slow myself down and to take time to answer each question and I wanted to sound more genuine and I found that kind of challenging when I already knew exactly what I wanted to say. The other problem that I noticed with this approach is that during that interview where I tried to, you know, make this list of questions, when they asked me a question that I wasn't prepared for, it actually really threw me off because I wasn't in the mode of answering questions and really thinking about my answer before talking about it. So with this approach, if you think it might work for you, try it. But if you're like me and you talk really fast or you have a hard time coming across as genuine when you already know what you want to say, then I don't recommend it. One thing I do recommend to prepare for these types of questions is to look at the duties of the job compared to your own experience. So whenever I'm going in for an interview, I like to look at the job description and then for each one of those responsibilities or qualifications that they're looking for, I look at my own LinkedIn that's right. I creep my own self on LinkedIn and I look to see what experiences I've had that match what they're looking for. That way, when I'm answering these behavioral questions, it helps me remember more things that I can talk about. Because yeah, sometimes I forget some of the experiences that I've had, or I forget how relevant they are. And this actually happened to me in a recent interview. This was about two weeks ago. I went up for an interview and to be honest. I didn't really do my best i didn't prepare enough and the interview did not go as well as i had hoped but then the recruiter who was kind of helping me through this process uh brian if you're listening shout out to you was absolutely amazing and he set up a 15 minute call to one tell me i wasn't moving forward and two to talk about what i did wrong talk about you know the mistakes that i made and the things that he thought i did really well and something that really stuck out is he actually told me that there was something he had noticed on my LinkedIn profile, a piece of volunteer experience from when I was in university. And he said, you know, I thought that was so relevant to the job and it was something that really stuck out when I was looking at your resume, but I didn't talk about it. And he was like, I so wish that you had talked about that when you were answering these questions. And it made me realize, one, I need to remember all of the things that I've done and all of the volunteer work that I had done. But two... It's okay to talk about stuff that happened when you were still in university or that was volunteer work versus paid work. So now I go through my LinkedIn and I think about all of the things that are relevant to the job that I've done or that I've learned. That way, when they're asking me a behavioral question, I can use it to my advantage. So if someone asks me a question, maybe they're asking me, tell me about a time that you have had a difficult teammate and how did you work better with them? If in the previous question I've talked about, you know, maybe I answered a previous question and I talked about a job that I had, maybe my most recent job. Then when they're asking me this other question, I can talk about something different Then I can say, oh, you know, I had this teammate that I worked with when I was working for this organization or when I was doing this volunteer work or something like that. It's a way to showcase your breadth of experience throughout the interview. Now, I will say, of course, the most important thing every time is to think of a great example and and answer the question fully. But if in doing so, you can also talk about different pieces of experience, you're just going to showcase yourself even more and really display that you have all this relevant experience. Now, when you're answering these questions... There's also a method that I recommend for how you structure your answers. Now, many of you listening might have heard of the STAR method. It's really common in colleges and universities. They always teach this one. It stands for Situation, Task, Action, Result. I am not a fan of this one. For me, when I'm in an interview, I am so nervous. Four things is way too many things for me to remember. So someone taught me a method that is just simpler and I find it so much easier to use. And it's called SAO. So it stands for situation, action, outcome. Now, the nice thing about this method, like I said, one, it's easier to remember, but two, it also helps you avoid some really common mistakes that candidates make. And those mistakes are one, talking for way too long and then kind of getting off track and not really answering the question and two, not having a good conclusion or not giving enough context. In practice, what this looks like is, of course, you start with S, situation. Here you want to provide just some context so that the person understands what's going on. Then a action. This is where you actually answer the question. This is where you're showing them the thing that they're looking for. And then O outcome is where you kind of slap a bow on top. You show them the positive outcome to demonstrate that you did the right thing. All right. So in practice, what this could look like is maybe they would ask me, tell me about a time that you had a difficult teammate and How did you find ways to work with this person? I would say, yeah, absolutely. One time I was working as a volunteer at a student leadership club at my university. I was the vice president and the president and I were having a really hard time working together because our schedules just didn't match up. So we had a hard time finding time to communicate. There's my situation. They understand what's going on. So I would go on to say, so what I did is I reached out to that person and I just told them that I felt like our inability to communicate was having a negative impact on the club. And I said, here's a couple of solutions that I would like to propose for how we can communicate better. So I proposed three different solutions. She picked one and we found a better way for us to stay in touch. There's my action. This is what I actually did. And then, Oh, outcome. I would say from there, we were able to communicate so much more effectively because we had worked together to find a solution that worked for us and The club was able to have a really successful year. We were able to be much better leaders. There's my outcome. So the nice thing here is the situation. Again, it's brief. It's to the point. You're just providing context. A, action. This is like really answering the question. You want to tell them what you did to showcase the thing that they're looking for. And then O, outcome. This is, again, it's like slapping a bow on top. There was a positive result. It just demonstrates that you did the right thing. All right. So once you're through with all of that, at the end of the interview, they're going to ask you, do you have any questions for us? And the answer to that is always, always, always going to be yes. The reason why you want to ask questions is because it demonstrates that just as much as they're evaluating you, you're evaluating them and that you are thinking critically about, is this the right company for me? Is this the right role for me? So always prepare questions at the end of the interview. I recommend over-preparing. Again, it kind of helps with my nerves if I know that when we get to the end and they're going to ask if I have questions, I know what my questions are in advance. I usually have them written down and next to my computer so that I can just relax. I know I'm not going to mess this part up and I can find the answers that I'm looking for. And again, like I said, demonstrate that I'm thinking critically about this job. I like to prepare between like four and six questions. You're probably not going to have time to ask that many questions and that's okay. The reason why I recommend preparing so many is because a good interview will kind of feel like a conversation. You know, there'll be a little bit of back and forth and sometimes when there's that back and forth, they're giving you kind of inadvertent answers to questions you were planning on asking and that's okay. It happens a lot. But if they accidentally answer those questions, you want to make sure that you still have some left at the end of the interview. So over-prepare, that way you know you'll have some by the time you get to the end. I like to ask about half of my questions about, you know, the company and the recruitment process, that kind of thing, and the other half about how all of this impacts me. Questions about the company or the recruitment process, I like to ask things like, what can I expect for next steps? You know, when can I hear back? Or how would you describe the company culture? Things like that. And questions about how it impacts you can be things like, how would you describe your management style? Or would you say that this role is more administrative or more strategic? Or, you know, what's the most important thing that I'm gonna learn in the first 30 days? Things like that that are good for you to know. If you're having a hard time coming up with questions, what I like to do is imagine a situation. Imagine that you're about to go into the interview and the recruiter says to you, you know what? We think you're such a great candidate that we don't need to interview you. In fact, you've got the job and you're going to start tomorrow. If it were me in that situation, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm freaking out. There's stuff I need to know." So, imagine, what would you need to know if that happened? And it'll kind of help you come up with some questions. All right, so lastly is to send a thank you message. So, Whoever has interviewed you, anyone who was there, sometimes it's a recruiter and a hiring manager, or maybe it's two hiring managers, whoever it is, you always want to send a message, I would say within the next like 72 hours, thanking them for their time. If you have their email address, always send it by email. If not, find them on LinkedIn, add them, and include a message in that, um, in that connection request with your thank you note. Either way, you want to keep it super short and to the point, I usually say something along the lines of, hi, thank you so much for taking the time to interview me yesterday. I really enjoyed connecting and learning more about the opportunity. I'm very excited about the next steps. Something like that, it's short, it's to the point, it demonstrates that you're grateful for their time, but it also reaffirms that you're still excited about the role and that you're willing to kind of go that extra mile and take that extra step to let them know. Something that I saw a couple of times when I was recruiting is if a hiring manager is kind of unsure between two candidates, sometimes that thank you message can just tip the scales in your favor. So always best practice to send one. And that's it. That's how I prepare for interviews. And that's how I recommend that everyone else prepare for interviews. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes every other Wednesday, and if you have a question or a topic that you'd like me to cover, email me at jumpstartcareercast at gmail.com. Bye for now!